It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Good morning, everybody. Thanks for your company on SEN 1170 AM in Sydney. Of course, wherever you're tuning in via the SEN app, don't forget to, you can catch up anytime. The Mornings with Matt White podcast, you can download it from Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Uh, plenty of interviews and opinions to go through on that one. Our forecast for Sydney today, possible shower around 29 degrees, though, with a chance of another thunderstorm again later tonight. We've got a beauty in Sydney last night. On the sporting menu today on this Wednesday morning, my special guest will be South Sydney coach Jason Demetrio. So in charge of the Bunnies, of course, they've done a recent trip to Melbourne to hook up for a three-day camp with the Richmond AFL team. So I'm always interested to know what did they get out of that and how much information do they share back and forth? We'll have a good chat with the Bunnies coach on that one. Of course, they re-signed the big three, Latrell Mitchell, Cody Walker, Damian Cook, all done and dusted. And from a coach's perspective, what does he want out of Latrell Mitchell this season? Every single word that you see about Latrell Mitchell is bigger and better than ever. Since that trip overseas last year, we look forward to perhaps the first full season of games for Latrell Mitchell as a South Sydney Rabbitoh in 2023. The pre-season tournament, as we know, has been announced. 100000 bucks to the winner. Are we not in a multi-million dollar industry here? hundred k. it's the same as runner-up for the Premiership proper. It's not a lot of money. I mean, they're only playing two matches. But is that enough money for you to want to make sure that you have your best players out there? hundred k. where does it go? How far does it go? South Sydney will have their first pre-season match against uh, Manly on the 10th of Feb in Gosford. The Charity Shield, of course, will be in Mudgee on the 18th, so a week later. And then round one of their premiership starts against the Sharks and away match against Points Bet Stadium. So plenty for us on the table to discuss with coach Jason Demetrio. News Limited basketball writer Matt Logue will join us. Now, normally we cover all of the issues on court but this big issue off court has been quite a story uh, and an unfortunate story in the NBL. Harry Froling from the Brisbane Bullets um, remains in hospital in a steady condition. He was assaulted on Saturday night in Wollongong. Um, he was the victim of a, a coward punch attack. However, what happened thereafter is a bit interesting. He refused to have a CT scan down in Wollongong, discharged himself from hospital, flew back to Brisbane with his teammates. When they landed, he went to Prince Charles Hospital up there, was then rushed to surgery with a fractured skull and bleeding on the brain. So really perilous stuff. Um, as I mentioned, he is in a stable condition and a 19-year-old man has been charged. Our hot topic this morning. Now, I want your opinions on this one, and it's quite a broad coverage as well of what's been going on down at Melbourne Park, but it flows out to all of our sports stars. Tennis players are taking control. If you've noticed what's been going on over the last week and a half, you'll see that what they normally cop from the media, they are not willing to cop anymore. 
And with the avenues that they've got through social media, through their press conferences now, and we've spoken about it on this show where they have to sit and, let's be honest, answer some pretty inane questions after their matches. And I'm not talking the on-court stuff. That's all entertainment. And I think our on-court commentators do a great job. And they have to pick away at a few different points. But when they sit there in front of the world's media and they're required to do that, some of the questions are just way off mark. They're sick of being portrayed as heroes and villains here and they're quite clearly making the point that, yeah, we're professional athletes and, yes, we know that we're a product, but we're also humans too. Alex Dimonor spoken out about the coverage of his loss to Novak Djokovic. He said the focus basically is on the headlines about whether or not Djokovic had an injury instead of the focus being beaten by somebody who was much better on the night. I'm outclassed, I'm outplayed, yet the headlines are about whether or not he's got a hamstring injury. Djokovic himself himself has spoken out about why his injuries are always being questioned. Now, we know part of the reason of that, but they're taking control of the narrative, which is right up there with the word optics, in my opinion, but narrative around this, they've decided to hit back. And last night, a real case in point. And let's not forget Naomi Osaka in this as well. She's been very vocal about this, but a real case in point last night. Victoria Azarenka, very strong. She's been around a long time. She's very, very well liked by those who are on the tennis circuit. In her post-match press conference, which covered a range of issues, she wears her sunglasses there. She's a very smart lady, and she doesn't mind a bit of banter and a bit of back and forth. But she spoke out yesterday about the media coverage and especially the 10-year fallout from the controversy back in 2013, which was in the semi-final against Sloane Stephens. She took a medical timeout, complained of chest pains, and copped an absolute pounding for it. That was 10 years ago. Now, she was asked this question last night in her post-match press conference about that whole issue. Have a listen to her response. What do you know? Do you know what happened 10 years ago? That's that's the thing. Um, You know, um, it's it was one of the worst things that I've ever gone through in my professional career. The way I was treated after that moment, the way I had to explain myself until 10.30 p.m. at night because people didn't want to believe me. And I actually can resonate what Novak said the other day. You know, you, uh, there is sometimes like, I don't know, incredible desire for a villain and a hero story that, that has to be written. But we're not villains, we're not heroes. We are regular human beings that, that go through so many, many things. And the assumptions and judgments and, uh, you know, all those comments are just, you know, because nobody is there to, to, to see the full story. And it didn't matter how many times I said, I said my story, it did not cut through. So I'd, actually, it's funny that you're saying that because I was thinking about it. It took me 10 years to get over it. You know, and I finally am over that. Pretty strong stuff, isn't it? And it was a, a fairly light-hearted press conference, to be fair. I mean, she covered a whole range of issues, and, and that one, she wasn't firing up about it, but saying her piece on that. And as I've said, the mental health focus on our players is certainly changing the game when it comes to the reporting.
especially of tennis, is it changing the reporting itself and the headlines? Well, it hasn't yet. Should it be an open book? How far is too far? I mean, we have these behind-the-scenes documentaries and we've seen the, the prevalence of these across so many sports. Pull back the curtain, let's have a look on the inside. What really goes on here? But how much is too much? And it appears to me as though the players now are quite comfortable using their own platforms and the platforms that they are required to do, as in the post-match pre- uh, press conferences, to state their case. And Victoria Azarenka last night stated it loud and clear. We don't want to be heroes and villains. We don't want to be headline acts. And we're sick and tired of having to constantly explain ourselves. Let me know. Do you agree with that? Is it part of the game? Is it what you sign up to? I mean, I don't think you sign up to anything when you're a 15-year-old kid who wants to be number one in the world and win a major. I think you just sign up to the love of the game and wanting to do something. But once you're in that professional cycle, is it what you are expected to do or has the game changed? 0457 736 736 is the text line or 1300 01 1170 is the open line. Stefano Tsitsipas is through to the semi-finals, a straight sets win over Yuri Lehechka from the Czech Republic. So that means he's into his third straight semi at the Australian Open. He wins his sixth straight quarterfinal match at a major tournament. He will play Karen Kachanov in the semi-finals. Talk about the flip side to the depth with which Victoria Azarenka went. Stefano Tsitsipas was very lighthearted in his approach to the post-match press conferences and the chat that he had with Jimmy Courier. Spoke about his love of Margot Robbie and his love of Australia, but also put the focus back on the Australian supporters as well to get behind me and, and what he wants to do while he's out here. This, according to Sitsipas, is his home Grand Slam. They don't have one in Greece. So this is as close to the real thing as he's going to get, and he's going to play it for all it's worth. You know, I've, I've recently from like, uh, sort of uh, became, a, you know, I've been, been putting a lot of, when it comes to charity, and I would love one day, hopefully, you know, winning the Aussie Open and giving a big portion of, of uh, the prize money to build a school in Victoria, which is the state of education. I'd like to do that. Wow. That's amazing. Uh, why, why is that important to you? That is, uh, that is, let's put tennis on the side because there are much more important things in life, I believe. Um, I saw that Victoria is the state of education and that kind of, there's an idea for me over there uh, that came to my mind and uh, I saw um, how difficult it, it, it is for a lot of kids around the world to go to school and get proper education, which is important because, uh, you know, um, not, not all kids uh, grow up uh, privileged, so I would really like to provide, give an opportunity to kids uh, here in, in, in this state to, to build a school and provide them with free education and anything else, yeah. That's amazing. And, that's, and, to, put it, and to put it into words, that's what Australia means to me. <laughs> Oh, he's smart, isn't he? He's smart on all fronts. And, and I'm taking that at face value 100% because I also think he's genuine. But think further down the track here. If he makes the final of the Australian Open, chances are he plays Novak Djokovic. He knows at the moment that Djokovic is absolutely at the top of his game. He also knows that if there's one thing that you can get in terms of an advantage against somebody like Novak, it's the crowd on your side. 
And those kind of interviews and those kind of statements aren't going to hurt that at all. It'll bring the crowd back to his side. I mean, huge Greek population. We know that in Melbourne. So they'll be there in numbers anyway if he makes it. And now off the back of that, it's like, oh, this guy's cool. We want to back him to the hilt. Smart play by Stefanos Tsitsipas, who is through. He will play Karen Kachinov, who ended up with a walkover against Sebastian Corder. So a pity that Corder's Australian Open campaign comes to an end after uh, walking off and succumbing to a wrist injury that he had with him in Adelaide, went away and came back during this match. So that means that it's the second straight semi-final in a major for Kachinov and his first here at the Australian Open. They've played five times, Tsitsipas and Kachinov. And Stefanos has won all of them. But they've never played on this big, big stage. As we know, Victoria Azarenka goes through against Jess Pagula, 6-4-6-1. It would be, if Azarenka can go the whole way, 10 years in between her last major win and this one. She's won two titles, both of them at Melbourne Park in 2012 and 2013. She's now won 47 matches at the Australian Open tying Steffi Graf in sixth for most all time. So she will play Elena Rybakina in the semis who dispatched of Yelena Ostapenko in the quarters. Rybakina has played Azarenka once and she has won that, but again, not on this stage. So the schedule for day 10 as we move towards what's on the line, what's on the lineup today, Carolina Pliskova has Magda Lynette. That will be first up this morning on centre court. So the quarterfinals continuing. Arena Sabalenka against Donna Vekic. And then the two Americans later on this afternoon, Ben Shelton and Tommy Paul. The night session, Andre Rublev against Novak Djokovic. So that is five versus four. When you look at the seedings for this tournament, Rublev against Djokovic. And then the men's doubles, uh, mixed doubles, rather, semifinals in Olivia Gadecki and Mark Polman's the Aussies against the Brazilian pairing of Stefani and Matos. So we'll cover that for you. And Brett Phillips will join us in about 20 minutes time to give us the latest from Melbourne Park. But let me know your thoughts around all of that. There's a clear shift in my opinion from tennis players in particular to say, we're calling this out the media coverage of us. We understand that it's part of the game. But especially for those of experience like Victoria Azarenka, they're saying, we're not just heroes and villains. We're not punching bags anymore. We're not going to stand for that kind of reporting and we're going to continue to call it out. Part of the game, do they just have to live with it or is the tide turning? Your thoughts, 0457 736 736. Cricket in the BBL last night, the Renegades beat the Adelaide Strikers by six wickets. So the strikers seven for 142, a rarity. Travis Head hit 19 off 32. He normally goes the other way. He'd normally be hitting 32 off 19, but in BBL, weirdly enough, he's gone 19 off 32. Alex Carey, 65 off 47. The Renegades, four for 143. So that'll be the Renegades' first playoff appearance since uh, BBL 08, so four seasons ago when they won the comp. There's a doubleheader today. Starting in Hobart with the Hurricanes versus the Heat. So that's seventh versus fourth. The Hurricanes must win to keep their playoffs hopes alive. If the Heat win, they'll go to third. And then we'll have the Stars versus the Sydney Thunder. And basically the Thunder, who are fifth at the moment, if they win, 
they are in. So the playoffs so far, the Scorchers are locked into first. The Sixers are there in second. The Heat Renegades have qualified, as we say. The Thunder win today, and they are in. Australia v Pakistan yesterday, the T20 International at North Sydney Oval. The Aussies won by eight wickets. Elise Perry, hasn't she turned her T20 form around? 57 off 40, and Ash Gardner, 30 off 19. Game two is tomorrow at Blundstone Arena. So we've got plenty on the list for us to talk about this morning. My special guest will be Jason Demetrio, the coach of the South Sydney Rabbitohs. If there's anything you'd like to know, hit us up on the text line 0457 736 736 or give us a call this morning. Mornings with Matt White right across the SEN network. It's Wednesday morning, 20 minutes after 9 o'clock. Come back and join us after this.